Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Call Her CEO podcast. Unfortunately, this will be our last episode for the semester, and I am here with Shabby from Market Candle Company. Hi, Shabby. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. How's life right now in this crazy time? It's good. It's good. We're just kind of taking it day by day and trying to keep your head above water and staying positive and keeping busy with fun things like this. Honestly, this pandemic has just been about trying to keep yourself busy, trying to keep yourself mentally sane and just like, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do want to talk more about like your company and everything. So I've actually been following you for a bit. So I do kind of know like some things. I do want you to talk more about uh, like your experience and kind of like how this all got started for you. Um, And then even like what you were doing before you were doing candles and like all that good stuff. Cool. Well, I went to school for psychology because like most 17 year olds, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. And there was a lot of pressure culturally. I'm like, I'm Persian or Iranian. And so there was a strong cultural expectation to pursue something prosperous in life. So I was like, I'm going to go be a famous psychologist. Let's do it. And probably six months into my first year at university, I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. There's no way. But I got my undergrad I did a post-secondary in human resources and a post-secondary in hospitality management because I'd always worked in restaurants and I love the hospitality industry and I love everything about it. And then after that, I started working for my dad's company in the steel industry, which had nothing to do with the seven years of post-secondary education I did. And I did that for almost a decade, nine years, nothing to do with my education whatsoever. But in the meantime, I always worked in restaurants. And then once I realized I was getting a little tired of working two jobs, I was like, okay, I need a side hustle. I need something to keep me, you know, entertained. And I had a gift box business. I was just curating little gift boxes, bridesmaids, baby, housewarming, things like that. And I loved it. And I was super busy, but I wasn't really smart about how I priced it initially. I wasn't super business savvy and I made some poor decisions initially, which resulted in me being very busy, but I really wasn't turning enough of a profit to make it worth my time. And at one point in the mix of things, because I was always crafting, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a crack at candle making again. And I did some testers while I was still running my other business and they were great. And I was like, I think I'm just going to shut down my other business. And I literally made like a one month announcement. I was like, guys, I'm shutting down. I'm clearing out, clearing out my inventory. Come get it. Sold everything off, shut down for a month and then reopened Market Candle Company. Wow. Some people like it comes to them like in a one day, like literally they could be like in the shower and they're like, hold on. I yeah, had it all wrong. Doing? <laughs> yes. Literally. I was like, what am I doing with my life right now? Even I have that issue sometimes where like, I'll be like in the shower, I wash my hair and then like midlife crisis, like approaches. Yes. And I'm like, yes. Okay, Every two going years on? I had a midlife crisis for sure. <laughs> and I'm having like a midlife crisis at like 21, not even like <laughs> I'm in my forties. No, it's like 21. I'm like in the shower. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And it's like overwhelming at times, but I can only imagine. Like, I don't think anybody really knows what they want to do with their life until much later in life. When you're like fully developed as a person, as an individual, you know what's important to you, you know your values, your morals, where you stand. And then all of a sudden you're like, what am I doing with my life? No, like some people value a very large salary. Some people value the ability to work from home. Some people value being able to do what makes them happy. And for me, I was like, I am perfectly okay with being happy in life.
life. People don't realize this sometimes, but it's more about doing what you love than necessarily the money because in at least the way I'm seeing even from your perspective too, you're doing what you love and you are making the profit that is worthwhile in terms of your time. And sometimes too, like you take a risk all the time. Like life is full of risks. And especially too, like when you're in a smaller, even in small business as well, like if it's just you and maybe like one other person that works for you, you're like, okay, it's all in my hands, but like, you know, you can do it and you, you have that faith in yourself, but it's just like, it's all in my hands. That's the part that you're like, oh no. It's really crazy because when I opened, I was, I was so excited to open this business. Like I was working on it for a few months in the background. I had done my testing, but when I opened, I was so excited because I was just so pumped for like my branding. And I was excited for how I was presenting things. And I was like, this this is going to be it. Like, I, I don't know. I was just, I don't know if I was just hyping myself up, but I was pumped to open. And when I opened, I was busy and I was like, Oh, it worked. (laughs) And you know, I would go to like little craft shows and it would be so busy. And I remember having other vendors being like, you're so busy. And I was like, I, I am, I don't know what's happening right now. Like I'm, I am. And I was very humbled by it, but I was like, what is going on here? Like, and I just kept getting busier and busier. And, you know, initially it's your friends and your family and friends of friends who are supporting your business. And then you're starting to get orders from, I don't know who this person is. I've never seen this name before. You see your order come through and you're like, I don't know who that is. That's very exciting. You have people reaching out. We'd love to carry your stuff in our stores. I'm like, sparkle? Like, what is happening? <laughs> and it's just kind of been two years of like, what the heck is going on moments. And it's still, that's why I think it's important to stay grounded and never to get ahead of yourself because I'm still to this day, like whenever I have some form of accomplishment, I have a moment of like brief, surreal, just shock. Whenever something cool happens to me or my company, I don't know. I think it's important to just really enjoy those little brief victories. We often like lose sight of the small things in life because we're always so focused on like what the big things are going to be. Sometimes like even for myself too, I realize that small victories are like just as worth celebrating as your big ones. It's hard because sometimes you're like, okay, but that was a really small thing. Like I'm really not going to celebrate that, but you should be. And like, I heard that your two year anniversary is coming up. That's it right. Is. It, it is. is. I'm so excited. I have so much happening in the next two weeks. I'm like a little anxious, but I'm just, I like to celebrate my things in life by doing things for other people. So I like to give like freebies and presents and discounts and you know drop surprise launches I've been planning all of this since like September and I'm just so pumped to like launch it execute it and I know my customers are excited for these things too like because of like I I have really strong engagement on social media and so Mm -hmm. you know people are like oh my god I can't wait and I'm just like yes (laughs) whatever I'm doing is working because people are psyched up for this yeah it's great it's a great feeling I'm so excited no every time I see your Instagram and like I or I'll see like your stories or whatever I'm like you are hilarious and then even just in from a marketing perspective too though fantastic like chef's kiss I'm telling you it's it's lovely honestly the all black thing I'm like right you couldn't go wrong this is where I opened and I was like I want to do something that 
makes me happy and that is a reflection of who I am as a person. And anybody who knows me, I'm like, I live in black. I do, you will not see me wearing a splash of color. I think it's really important to bring forward like your authentic self, especially when you are representing your small business. I am not an enormous, you know, conglomerate. You're buying from Shabby. You know who you're buying from and you can see clearly that this was made by her from the depths of her soul because yeah, my products are a reflection of who I am and I am so adamant on that. I often get people who are like, you should do this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. That's not me. (laughs) I don't want to. I can definitely say that I can vouch for your products reflecting you and everything because they are fabulous. I have so many of your candles. I don't like them in my room because I am yep. very clumsy. Yep. Um, and girl, he's safe down for us always. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe we should just stick to like putting them in open spaces open where nothing spaces, can happen. Fireproof surfaces. Smart girl, smart girl. That's where we're at because I'm like, you know what? I want to enjoy them and I don't want to be stressed that they're going to like flame somewhere else. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. the cool thing about scent is, and I think this is where to, I think it's a combination, like the simplicity of a candle and scent is so strong. It resonates so strongly with people. And it's one of the senses that triggers like your strongest nostalgia part of your brain. So when you smell something and everybody has a different reaction, it reminds them of an amazing time. Oh, this reminds me of Nana. Oh, it reminds me of the cookies I used to make when I was a kid. And it it sits strongly with them and it really triggers a strong emotional response, which is where I think it's cool because I keep my branding simple. I, you know, if something smells like cereal, I'm calling it cereal. If it smells like coffee, I'm calling it morning brew. I, you know, and I don't like to play games with like, guess what this smells like by the name. I don't want to be that cryptic. But I think that's one of the things that has helped me get to where I am because people are like, oh yeah, it smells like what you say it's going to smell like. And I'm like, perfect, great. Then there's no, you know, there's no questions here. We are, we could try to keep things simple around here. And that is, that is another like core value of mine. Like keep it simple. Like there's no need to complicate things. Yes. You want to, you know, frill things up with your branding and packaging and things like that. But when it comes down to your core product, there is no need to complicate things. No, it's true. I think that when you have something, especially like where you can do so many different scents, like you, the, the possibilities are basically endless. Oh so. my goodness. I wish I could show you the amount of samples that I have in my studio and I want to make them all. And I'm like, I can't, I can't make them all. I don't have the space or the manpower or the time but I want to so, so badly. You need a buddy and you also should, you need to do like a limited edition collection and just like sell all that. And you're like, okay, we're done here. That's what I do. Like once in a while I'll do a drop because I'm like, I think this would make a great product. I don't know how to get it out there or incorporate it into a collection. So I'm just going to drop it as like a limited release. Here it is. Come and get it. Enjoy it while it's here. It's not going to be around forever. And it just kind of keeps things exciting for people too, right? Because you kind of always need to be dropping something. You can't get overly comfortable and just be like, okay, I'm done creating products forever. Now I'm done, you know? So you have to kind of keep things fresh. Got to do like new and exciting things. And I find that too, sometimes even, even like, I'm going to speak more from the podcast perspective is that, you know, in the beginning you're like, okay, like we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about that. But then after a while you're like, okay, well, I've been asking these people these questions all like basically every guest like now I gotta like switch it up I gotta think okay like what am I gonna ask people about their lives like especially too the question I ask people the most is like what happened when the pandemic hit for you like did things slow down did things not slow down and honestly I'm gonna let you answer that if you would like to I will answer that because I had been open for almost a year 
when the pandemic hit. And, you know, I had slowly increased my sales month to month. And I was like, okay, we're getting busy. We went into fall and winter, which is your traditional candle season. And I was like, okay, I'm busy. I'm getting somewhere. And I was feeling good about myself. And then January and February, which are traditionally slower retail months, I was like, okay, that's cool. We, we anticipated this. And then March hit. And the day that they announced that the province was shutting down, and everybody went like toilet paper and Lysol buck wild. Mm-hmm. I didn't get an order for four days, not a single order. And I was like, oh, well, that was a fun run. Like, I guess this is the end of Market Candle. And I was, I wasn't even gutted because I was like, well, it's a pandemic. I guess we have to expect these things, you know? <laughs> and then things escalated very rapidly because I think once people got home, unloaded their groceries, got their toilet paper and spent three to four days cooped up in their homes by themselves with their children, with their significant others. And they were just like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a while. And oh, it was so busy. Like that first day, it was like, whenever you get an order through Shopify, it makes a little cha-ching, like a cash register when you open it. Mm-hmm. And it was nonstop. And I was like, what is happening right now? And that was like my first big, what is happening right now? Cause I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're just going to keep doing this yet. And we were juggling. I think all small businesses were, everybody was so confused. Can we do porch pickups? Are we allowed to deliver? What are we allowed to do right now? Nobody knew. So once we kind of ironed out those kinks, it was insane. It was so busy and it was just, March was then the best month I ever had. And then followed by April, May, June. And it was just like continuously growing month after month. I was like, okay, we're still getting busier and we're getting exponentially busier because stores are closed. And now there's this, it was, it was a bad a while ago. And now there's this massive shift in movement to shop local, support your local businesses. And it was crazy. And people were just pumped up and they were crushing through their candles because they're at home all day. They're working from home. They're just cleaning like crazy and there's these certain rituals that people have and they were just amplified because they were just home all the time and I was like okay well it's hard because I know that a lot of the last year's success has been absolutely pandemic induced so it's heartbreaking for the businesses who are really hurt by this and I really make sure to stay grounded and remind myself that I know I'm lucky for the position that I'm in. I run an online shop so I wasn't really affected by it. Will I be affected by it in a few years when maybe, I don't know, a recession hits or something. You know what I mean? There's financial things that you have to think about for the future. But I'm like, for now, I'm busy. I'm doing well. It got to the point where I was so, that's when I decided to quit my job because it was fall. I was extremely busy because it's now we're back into candle season. Mm -hmm. And my boss for my day job was calling me all day. And I know I was lucky that I could work from home so I could kind of jump between my studio and my computer, my studio, Mm -hmm. my computer. And I was getting to the point where I was like, I can't do both of these anymore. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Like I, I was very aware. So I said, let me go down to part-time so that I can at least dedicate, you know, half my day to candles and half like my mornings to my day job. And I'm okay with the salary cut because I'm busy with my business. And within another two weeks, I was like, I I think I just need to call it. I was like, I think I, it just, I wasn't getting any better and I was getting busier. So I was like, okay. And I had a really frank discussion with my boss and he's an entrepreneur. And he was like, well, 
you know, it's hard to see you go, but I respect your entrepreneurial spirit and I say, go for it. And it's just like, okay, well, I guess, I guess you're doing this then. <laughs> it all happened very quickly and kind of like, it was gentle. They were like, it was a soft, like uh, resignation. I wasn't, you know, storming out of anywhere angrily. I resigned from home and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to go. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was it. lovely, but like, Peace out. And then literally a month after that, because I had gotten so busy that my supplies like that I was ordering, you know, I was running the business from my house, but I was ordering skids of wax and skids of jars and these trucks are showing up and I have a just a constant Thanksgiving Day parade stream worth of people showing up at my front door all day, every day to pick up their orders. And I was like, I think I'm probably upsetting my neighbors at this point. Like, it's a very quiet street. I was like, these people are not happy with me anymore. Like, they're not like, oh, good for you. They're like, get your trucks and the people off of the street. I was like, okay, I need to get the business out of my house. I'm at a point where I'm busy. I need the storage. I think I need to ch- separate church and state so mm-hmm. that I have, because I was working like 16, 17 hour days on the business. Oh I was up at like 6.30, down in the studio by seven, pouring candles, packing orders, and literally doing that until midnight. And I was just like, so tired. I was like, okay, we need, we need to define some lines here and get some boundaries going. So I started looking for a space. I found five minutes away from my house. I'm feeling really good now. We've been in the space for four months. I have a couple fabulous females who come into the studio and help me out a couple of times a week so that I can, you know, breathe and get some work done and get my admin done and kind of focus on growing the business as opposed to just constantly being covered in wax. I'm sure with, when it comes to making all the products, you're like, okay, at the end of the day, you're like, everything's disheveled. You got wax in places you didn't think you could have oh. wax. <laughs> all that stuff. Like 95% of the time my hair is in a bun and there is definitely wax somewhere on my body, on my shirt. Um, I'm really lucky to have a supportive family. So once my business started to see a bit of success because as all parents are, you know, a little weary, they're like, okay, like go go start your candle business. Good for you. And your little cute little crafty side hustle. And especially with my cultural background and, you know, people traditionally will expect Persians to be like doctors, lawyers, uh, doctors and lawyers, (laughs) accountants, high earning, you know, uh, officers in high, you know, corporate worlds. And I was like, I would like to make candles for a living. And my parents were like, mm, okay. <laughs> they're trying to that. be supportive, but they're like, what? They were a little weary. And as my volume started, and because my dad, like he's a CFO. So, you know, I'm always talking numbers and finances with my father. And I would, I would, I have a very transparent relationship and I was always sharing my numbers with him. And I think at one point or another, he was like, holy moly, you got something going here. And I was like, are, are you guys on board now? Like, are you with me? And they were like, wow. And so when I talked to my dad before I talked to my boss, because I didn't work like under my father, I said like, dad, I, I think I want to quit my job. And he was just like, go for it. Like he was on board. And it was honestly, that was a big moment for me because I positive that I have disappointed my parents a thousand times in my lifetime with like my career jumping and so they were just like I we hope our daughter finds something that she can stick to and actually likes <laughs> That's so I was just like I did it and now even my mom how's business and I'm like thanks mom like it, it really is a, a an awesome feeling to know that your family like has your back and they support you and and so when I talked to my dad and I said okay I'm gonna do this he's like yep you do it I, I support you and it was terrifying it's terrifying to walk away from 
a salary, benefits, mm -hmm. RRSP, that set schedule, Monday to Friday, nine to five, you know, all the cushy little perks, right. work phone and computer and all of these things. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to buy all of this for myself. And I know I'm lucky my husband has great benefits. So that was one thing that I didn't have to worry about that I know holds back a lot of people because it is a really important thing that you have to consider. I was like, no, let's just, let's just do it. I ripped that bandaid off and I just, I was really nervous for a really long time. And then the minute I had that conversation with my boss, I felt like an enormous weight had been lifted off my chest. And I, I was so excited to be able to like fully mentally dedicate myself to my business and growing my business and growing my brand and being able to provide the level of service that I want to for my customers. And since I made that decision, like I can't describe to you, like I can be lying in bed and I'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. And I'll write it down. And it's just a great feeling. Things just come a little more naturally. The creative juices flow a little bit better. And I'm just, and I know like my revenues are a direct reflection of the amount of effort that I can put into my business. I think that taking risks when it comes to your job is really difficult because people, like you said before, you're kind of battling with like a number of like security things with regards to, you know, financial stuff, but even just like time and time in your day, you know, you don't have a yes. set schedule and everything. And I think that the fact that you even like took that leap of faith is so inspiring to me because a lot of people think, even some of my friends too have always asked me, like, because I'm in business, if I'm going to start my own business. And to tell you the truth, I think that it's a little bit scary. It is and I think it's it's scary. It's fun. And I hear so many great stories about people that do it and that it ends up taking off and, you know, they have great success from it. But I find that I struggle between like, you know, taking that like leap of faith or just like sticking with the safe stuff and like, you know, taking more risks, risks within my field, because yep. there's a lot out there in marketing. So for me, I'm like, oh, well, I don't really even need to do that. Cause like, it's fine. But I know that it's like, if I had the ideas, you got to go for it. Like that's, yeah. and do you think that if you didn't have this, if you didn't have your candle company, do you think you would have done something different? Like, do you think that you would have been somewhere else? I have always struggled to find something that makes me happy. And I remember having a discussion with my dad probably a decade ago and I was like, daddy, I just want to make a lot of money and do something that I love and not answer to anybody. And he was like, you're adorable kid. Like, welcome to the real world. I don't know what to tell you. That's pretty much how it doesn't, it doesn't work like that 90% of the time. And I was like, ah, oh, that stinks. I hate, I hate being that old. Like, I don't want to do this. And I know I'm lucky. I know I'm so lucky. You will, you will never find a day where I am not like, I can't believe I get to do this. And I'm also aware that, you know, I don't take for granted that it, I could lose that at any moment in time for a multitude of reasons. Like really when push comes to shove without my customers, I'm nobody. And I will never forget that. I will never forget that. But I, I do know that I think I will always, now that I've been in this position where I, I for a lack of a better word, I don't have to answer to anybody. And I am a stubborn, strong, opinionated individual. And I've always, I've always had issues. I'm going to work. This is about call her CEO. I've always had issues like taking direction from like old men. I don't know how else to put yeah. this. I'm just yeah. like, no, I don't like that. I don't want to do this. <laughs> For so many reasons. And I don't have issues with authority because if I respect the individual, I have no problems. But I think I just, 
I always knew I was going to end up working for myself at one point or another. If I wasn't doing this, I'm sure I would be doing something else, crafty, DIY, or I don't know, or probably still in hospitality. Because I've, if I always say, if anything ever hits the fan, I will end up going back to work in restaurants because it's my happy place too. And for this, a lot of the same reasons, nothing's ever the same. I get to talk to people. I get to like kind of be creative and funny and quirky and it works out to my advantage because people think Shabby's hilarious and then they- You are. So yeah, yeah. I love your answer just mainly because it's like, you don't, sometimes like people don't always think about that and they want, they don't want to think about like what they could be doing if they weren't doing this. But then it's like, it's kind of, it's sort of, in my opinion, I feel like it's kind of humbling in a sense. Cause it's like, you know what, this is how much I have around me. Yep. And if this wasn't here, you yep. know, this is what my backup plan might be, but this is like kind of my everything in a sense. I don't think it's, I don't think you're accepting failure if you have a backup plan. I think it's important to keep it far in the back of your mind because it is an absolute backup, backup plan. But, you know, for me in the foreseeable future, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. And if for some reason I become, you know, physically unavailable, well, now I'm starting to work on building a team so that even without my physical presence, I know that my company can continue to run. And I know that things can happen. And I know that as I continue to grow, I can't do everything myself. And that was mm-hmm. something really hard for me to accept. I was like, I don't want to tell people my secrets. Like, that's something really hard to let go. Yeah. Cause I worked really hard on my recipes and finding great suppliers and all of these little trade secrets that people think just come so easily. And I was like, no, no, I have spent, I've lost days, weeks, months of my life trying to source things. And so that was a really hard thing to let go of. But now like I found people who I trust, like I trust deeply, good, truly good human beings. And I will continue to do that. Like my objective is to continue to grow my team so that I can continue to focus on other aspects of the business. And I just want to work with like great women and I want to hire strong, awesome women to come and work with me. Like that's, that's my, that's been my goal right from the start. I was like, I just want to have a cool team, cool gals who I get to hang out with all day and we get to like craft and laugh and yeah why not like (laughs) I honestly think you would be a fantastic boss I won't lie I think you'd be so much fun to work with because like your personality is so like you're so bubbly that way that it's like it's just the environment is like sounds like it would be fantastic and I try I try super hard to be you know supportive when you hire women you're you have to think about things like they might have families they might have other things going on in their life so I you know, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket for that reason. So I, as a woman, I'm aware of those things and I have to think about those things when I'm hiring. But, you know, when push comes to shove, I, I try to be flexible. I try to be understanding. We have a safe word. If anybody's having a bad day, I'm like, we just call it. We call it mental health. Can I have a mental health break? And we're like, yep, mental health break. And you, go ahead, go deal with what you need to deal with in your life so that you can come here and be in a good headspace. And like perks include coffee and candles and, you know, like all the good I stuff. to make it fun because I want to be the kind of boss that I would want. That's why even when I started the podcast, I was like, okay, this can be anything but serious. Yeah, <laughs> It just cannot be anything like super formal because for me, it's like, it's not always like that. Like, yes, there are formal aspects of it, but at the end of the day, like we're all just regular people like humans we are just human beings having a chat that's how that's how I literally 
I get through my life based on two mottos, treat people like you want to be treated. I am not a woman of strong faith. That is my motto. That is my life. If for nothing else, from wherever on the planet, wherever your faith is, you are from, be good to humans because that's chances are how you would like to be treated. But I think a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people lose track of who they are and what they expect. At the same time, you sometimes have to put your boss pants on. You know, it's, there's times to be firm, but even my firm is like a bit of a passive firm. I'm like, Hey, super sorry. Like I just for next time, you know, because I don't, I don't ever want to be that aggressive, nasty. I think there's a difference between assertive and aggressive. I will Mm -hmm. always stand my ground. I am an assertive person. I know that, but I also think it's important to treat people with compassion. I think as long as that kind of just sticks in the back of my mind, I think I think it'll be okay. And I think you can attract the right people with that kind of motto. Manners, kindness, compassion, and a free little candle once in a while. Little treats for people. We have a fully stocked snack basket and Netflix on all the time. Like you really, it's not the worst work environment. I was going to say, you really can't go wrong. It sounds like a very fantastic work environment. I can't lie. Like, you know it's what? It's pretty cool. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's 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 not so bad. And I think too, the best leaders are the people that are able to, you know, understand that their employees have lives outside of work. And that, that goes for really leaders and bosses too. It's kind of like, you can expect like good things to come from people who respect you. And then also people who value like what you're doing. And I think that it sounds like the people that you have hired and that are on your team respect you, respect what you're doing. And they also understand that if there was a situation that they need to like deal with, you just call mental health and then suddenly it's okay, you know what? Go deal with you got to deal with because then your head's in the game after. Letting people gather, trying to force yourself to work through some form of crisis, whether it be small or large, is probably one of the most miserable feelings in the world. So by giving someone the opportunity to just gather their bearings, whether it's go have a cry, go home, have a bath, have a glass of wine, sob it out, because t- tomorrow you will come back in a better headspace. You know, there's no point in forcing people to work when they're not productive. And I think we're in a time and day and age where you really have to be cognizant of mental health and the effect it has on your day-to-day life. And I'm aware of mine when I'm having a day, I will, str- if I don't have any like local pickups booked and I'm sitting in the office and it's 10 o'clock and I've gotten nothing done and I'm feeling salty and grouchy, I'm like, you know what? Shut it down, take the day, call it, go home, do what you need to do to come back tomorrow and be super productive. Even after the, they announced this last lockdown, I was like, mm-hmm. I am crusty and I'm very self-aware of the crust that I am right now. So I'm going to take a brief moment to gather my bearings and I came home early and I was like I'm going to have a 4 p.m. glass of wine I'm going to sit back I'm going to chill out I'm not going to answer an email I'm not going to answer an Instagram DM tonight because I'm just not in the headspace to do so and I'm aware of that and I also like to communicate that to my customers because for the most part the people who are buying from me know who I am in one shape or form and they generally for the most part, people respect the fact that I'm a human being. I don't work Sundays anymore. I've, I'm now at a point in my business where I said, you know what? I need a day off. So I'm going to take Sundays off. And so people are like, oh, can I come pick up? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. The studio is not open on Sundays. I apologize. You're welcome to come Monday through Saturday. I am not getting in my car and driving there and then waiting for someone to be late. Little things like that, just setting yep. boundaries, giving myself the time that I need so that 
you know, for the six days that I am on, I'm on and I'm getting things done and I'm getting things done right. What do you like to do? I know we talk about you like to do a glass of wine after your little like crusty day, but what else do you like to do after like, you know, to unwind? I know, in like, normal you're... times, non, <laughs> in non-panini times, I am a big fan of traveling and like, I know I'm lucky to have traveled the world and seen a lot of cool places and I still have a lot of places to go. I've never been in a position where I have a business to run. So I'm going to have to figure this one out because I'm like, oh, I can't just like pick up and disappear for three weeks anymore because I run a business. So this is going to be something that I will tackle when it's time because I have zero intentions of getting on a plane anytime soon. So yeah. it's fine. I'll figure that out. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I can be a really big homebody. Like I'm super content to like curl up on my couch with a hot pack and a big old cup of tea or big old glass of wine and just like crush Netflix. I'm the ultimate Schitt's Creek fanatic. Um, yes. Yes. That's the forth. way to go. I'm yes. telling you. Like, I'm pretty low key in the summer, you know, we're outside in the backyard, we're hanging out, but winter times, like it's cozies and snuggle up on the couch. And like, it's weird because my hobby became my job. And now that we're talking about this, I've just realized this. I'm like, well, now I need another hobby because my <laughs> hobby became my job. So now what do I do? My side hustle became my main hustle. So now I don't have something to do on the side. I think we're having a moment here. I think we've just got to the conclusion that I need to find a hobby now. Oh, you no. had an epiphany. During I just this. realized I no longer have hobbies. I think once things are back to normal, I'll probably, you know, get back out there and start doing things. I like work. I'm a big DIYer. I have a big cabinet in my garage that I'm going to refinish myself. I like gardening. Like I'm in my mid thirties. I'm not going to the clubs anymore. I'm tired, you know? So <laughs> You're like that, that those days are yeah. over now it's going to be concerts like festivals like everything has shifted now so I'm like well what will I do with my spare time because I don't know when all the things that I used to do in my spare time will return yeah and I will always love dining like just from like I spent half of my life in restaurants now that I'm thinking about it so I'm like okay I love going out for like a beautifully executed meal and I'm okay like I would rather spend money on a great meal than like a fancy pair of shoes. Like priorities may be a little off, but like Food, these are you know, the things I that bring so. you joy. So you do them. <laughs> I think some people are like, you run a successful business. You must have it together. And I'm like, I do not have it together, <laughs> but I will get through each day with small successes, small accomplishments, pat myself on the back, keep going. And I write everything down because otherwise I will forget. And I think too, even as women, like we're focusing more on our careers and then, you know, when you're, when your career is established, whatever that is, or whether you're financially established, it's like, then you can really go and live your life. Like, I think it's different now, honestly. And I really like where things are shifting for women because we're just running our own shows and getting things done and making those dollars and, kind of reminding people like, yeah, we have a place in the world, we're here and we're not going anywhere. So don't forget it. If you asked 21 year old Shabby what she would be doing at 35, I guarantee you she would not have answered this. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> I, honestly, not know. I don't know. I don't know if I just didn't, my younger self didn't have faith in, in where I would be. 
I'm sure I thought things would be very different. I'm like, I'm here. And I look back and I literally, everything that I've done in life has taken me to this place. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the person that I am and the way that I am. And I'm aware of the fact that I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I'm okay with that. That's something that I think is super important to embrace as early as possible in life and in business. You can't please everybody. So there's no point in trying. So as long as you're your authentic self and you do what makes you happy, not selfishly, just with grace, there's a difference between being an absolute savage monster mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of sticking to the path that you think you're meant to be on. Things generally have a way of working themselves out. And, you know, people are going to try to bring you down. People are going to try to do what you're doing. People are going to do anything they can, you know, businesses, it's not for the weak of heart. You're putting in long hours, you're putting in long days, you're dealing with high stress situations. It's not all, you know, rainbow butterfly. Here I am, everybody. Hello, my candle family. Like it's the, it's the fun part about it, but there's a lot of crap that goes on behind the scenes and, you know, I I stand by it that I have always been as authentic as I possibly can without, you know, dropping F-bombs on my Instagram all day, every day. (laughs) You know, you want to be professional to a certain Mm -hmm. degree, but my authentic self. And I think as long as I continue to do that, I will at least have the respect of the majority of my customer base. And because of that, they will continue to support me, I hope. I will. <laughs> so, I so. and, and it's cool because like, I've got, you know, my client base varies. Like I've got younger folks and I've got my aged folks and I've got some like pretty, like sexy 65 year olds picking <laughs> up their candles and like really hot cars. And I'm like, you drive a Jaguar and you're buying candles from me. Like I'm okay with this. It's really cool. So I feel like I've tapped into a few markets and I'm just like, come my young friends, come be part of my candle family and take me to retirement, please. <laughs> this so is my nice. kingdom. Please, <laughs> please help join. Me retire at 60 with a candle fund. Thank you. Like that's all I'm after. But honestly, I, I yeah. As long as I can do something that makes me happy and doesn't make me have a nervous meltdown, I will, I think I'll be okay. I think anything that doesn't make people have a nervous meltdown is pretty solid in my opinion. I agree. (laughs) I got a message from somebody and they were like, your podcast is fantastic. And I'm like, so glad that like, you know, you've opened up like this door for people. And when I see that message, I'm like, I know I'm doing something good. So- for you, what is it like? What's something that like you've kind of like experienced like a message you got that you you kind of it kind of solidified things for you if you were feeling a bit doubtful? Every time, oh, you just you, you we just have so many feels from that because every time you put yourself out there, every time you launch a new product, every time I get on my stories with my dirty bun and my black hoodies with no makeup, and I'm like, hello, here I am. Here is my face. I try really hard to show my face, not every day, because I'm just too busy to sit down and like scribe out my words because I'm trying to be accessible and 
make myself look presentable. And I don't always have things to talk about with my customers, but I try to get on there once or twice a week and be like, hi, here's my face. And the messages that come through are, it's so nice to see your face. I'm like, we love you. Keep on doing what you're doing. And just, and even, you know, you, you sometimes I'll get orders from someone and I won't, you know, it's hard because I get a lot of support from other small businesses. Like there's just an understanding, like you try to support other small businesses wherever you can. And I don't always put their name that shows up on their order. And like, I won't connect that with their business. I, I will forget that Jessica from this company is ordering from me right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them are, are pretty high profile and all of a sudden they'll see, you know, I'll get a notification on my Instagram. They'll be like, oh, so-and-so mentioned you in their story and I'll open it. And I'm like, oh my that was you like you what you exert a lot of positive energy into your business and I think people tell you that very often and I hope that they do um because I think that you like you said earlier is that you are your most authentic self and sometimes it's very easy to like put on the facade for people because it's your business and you know you don't want people to like see the quote-unquote ugly stuff even if there isn't really much ugly but you don't want them to see the good you want them to only see the good not the bad yes yes and sometimes I think people like you know people forget that even as like when you're a small business owner not every day is like fantastic like it's great if it is but not every day is fantastic sometimes you wake up and like you were saying before is that you didn't get an order for four days like back in like march or whatever because of the pandemic and then things just kind of skyrocketed and sometimes it's like those four days is like probably like sheer panic for the most part absolutely you're like what am i gonna do did this just heartbreak absolutely and it's crazy because you get you know you're so busy you're so busy you're so busy and then all of a sudden you're not. I think with anything, even just in my own personal life, when I'm going through stuff, I choose to channel that negative juju and turn it into work. And that I keep myself busy. I'm not one to, you know, slump on the couch. And I don't have any disrespect to people who cope that way because everybody's got their own way. For me, my coping mechanism is bury it and keep working and put my head down and turn that emotion and energy into something positive. Some of my best ideas have come at some of my worst times. Some of my most productive days are when I'm miserable and I'm like, okay, you are going to turn like, and you have to, like, I have to have a pep talk with myself and usually probably an insane amount of coffee. And I'm like, let's go. You're very humbled by the things that you've done. And I think that that's one of the most inspiring things because you don't lose sight of what's going on around you. And, you know, even though like you have all of these like ideas and like you have all of your, like, you know, your process, you would still be willing to help other people, but of course they have to put in the appropriate amount of work before you would do that. And I think that, I think that that's fair. And I think at times people, you know, want to keep their business to themselves and like all of their secrets. It's like, no, this is mine. This is my quote unquote territory. And, you know, I don't want to share this with anybody, but then, you know, when you kind of broaden your horizons a bit and you know you let other people in but not like two in but you know yes kind of let them in and help them out because you know what we all we all need that sometimes and sometimes like like you said like you know when you ask people like for their advice like oh here like I was doing something this way but like what do you think and they're like oh wait what if you try it the other way and then precisely yes you've you've 
hit it because if someone comes to me blind and says, teach me how, I'm like, no, that's not what I do. But like, come to me and say, hey, do you have thoughts on like this situation? I'm having trouble troubleshooting it. Would you mind offering some insight on it? I think there's a, I'm going to tell you one story. I had a customer buy a candle from me last fall and I shipped it to them that morning. And I was on Instagram that night doing stories. I was just chatting with, you know, my Instagram fan. And I was down in my studio and I don't have my, like my fragrances. I do not show people those because I don't want people to duplicate what I'm doing. So I pre-blend all of my recipes because I make my own recipes. And then I put my own label on it. And then I might even turn that label inward. So if you can't see what it is right this right. Is one of my trade secrets sorry i've worked very hard for these formulas and recipes so i'm not going to give them to anybody and someone screenshotted like if we were sitting here and you can see the wall behind me someone screenshotted my instagram story cropped out my face and then posted on one of the candle maker forums on facebook being like hey does anybody know where i can get these fragrances from And I literally, I'm on there the next day and I'm looking and I'm scrolling and I wish I could say what actually came out of my mouth because it was a strong, strong. And I was like, what in the actual is going on right now? And I publicly replied to her comment. I was like, hi there. Um, This is my face um, and this is my studio. And (laughs) this is inappropriate. This is actually not how you should be sourcing (laughs) your supplies. It's probably best just to try to formulate your own stuff. And I realized that this girl who posted this was the person who I just shipped a candle to that morning. So then I was like, you're shady. Like now I see like you're trying to order my stuff and then copy it. And I was very, I was, I was super firm. I didn't, you know, cuss her out. I was, I called her out for sure. And she deserved it. The immediate support from other candle makers were like, wow, that's really bad this is terrible. Wow. How embarrassing. And I was like, I, I, I honestly, I'm not, I don't ever want to make anybody feel bad, but I was like, you should feel uncomfortable. Like this is not how you run a business or start a business. And she ended up email. And I was like, this is especially concerning since like I just shipped you a candle this morning. And now I see that you're actually just trying to duplicate that candle. So that's a little concerning. I was like, you'll also never be able to duplicate that because this is a combination of five different scents and you will not be able to match this. So it's best to just create your own recipe. So you're offering something unique to your customer base. And I worded it pretty politely. And she ended up, you were still like, and emailed me and was like, hi, Shabby, I just wanted to reach out. I'm really sorry for what I did. I was like, that's cool. And she's like, would you be willing to be my mentor? I'm like, no, I don't No, Unfortunately, I think we've lost that trust relationship at this point. It's not going to happen. I was like, but best of luck in your future endeavors. I was very polite, but this is where some people don't get where you have to protect your brand and protect your business and protect your secrets because people are out there scoping your stuff out always, especially if they see that you're successful. But yeah. my biggest thing is just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Do something that is a reflection yeah. of you and that will be authentic. And you can't always just spend the duration of your business life trying to keep up with everybody else and trying to do what they're doing because you're never going to be successful because you're always going to be one step behind versus that's crazy like I it's I know that there are situations that occur like that but the fact that she actually asked you to be her mentor after 
I'm like, I'm sorry. Did I miss a part of the story where you like tried to steal her? Like, and see, that's, and those are, that is a prime example of when you have a small business and that's the time, money, and effort that you put into something. If someone just like swoops in, takes your, like takes your stuff basically and tries to pass it off as their own. It's like, well, they spent like, days weeks months even years trying yeah. to perfect everything making sure that it's to their standard of what they're selling and you're just like hey um can i can i get one of your candles but then i also would like the recipe or like yes. where can i find this so i can basically make the exact same thing it happens all the time it happens all the time and i'm i am more than i am not the first person to make soy candle i will not be the last person i am very aware i think when it comes down to it a lot of people are essentially making the same product there are a lot the candle business is booming right now which sounds absolutely ridiculous when you say it out loud but it is what it is (laughs) and the fact of the matter is it's like okay if you're going to open a candle business then just make sure you're doing something unique and this is not just for candles if you're doing something in a heavily saturated market If you're not the first person to do it, then just make sure you're doing it in a different way, whether it's your branding, whether it's your names, whether it's your, whatever it may be. I just think it's so important because people think it's just so easy to be like, well, that person's doing it. So I can do that too. And I see that they've had success with this. So I'm going to do it that way. And I'm like, don't, don't do that. Cause you're just setting yourself up for failure. Because if you, if if the idea is not yours, you're going to have a hard time being creative in the future. If that branding is a knockoff of somebody else, you're always going to be one step behind, a little bit out of date, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Versus if you take the time to do things right, do things yourself, I I just, I think you'll end up being so much more successful. And I don't want to sit there and say, I'm a booming success. I am very aware that I am just, you know, but a lowly Chandler making candles (laughs) in my little teeny studio. But to me, that is a massive accomplishment, but I'm aware where I am on the scale. There are some extremely established and successful candle and home fragrance companies that started off at their kitchen counter. And here they are out of massive warehouses, multiple fulfillment centers, et cetera, et cetera. Is that what I want? I don't know. Will I have that opportunity? I'm not sure, but you know, I know where I stand. I know my role. I know the roots. I know that I'm not the first and I know I'm not going to be the last. So as long as I keep doing what is authentic and true, I will be okay. I think the most that I've gotten from everything that we've talked about is that being your most authentic self, both like as a person, but even as your business is probably one of the biggest things that people should take away from this conversation in general is because you know what, when you do things to basically to reflect who you are, that is where you get the most success. Shabby, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was genuinely amazing to have you. And I'm so glad that I know you're busy because of your two year anniversary, but I'm so glad you took the time out of your day to come and talk to me. And so we could just like, you know, shoot it around, kind of like just talk about everything. Um, But just let everybody know where they can find you and like how they can order from you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate and I am still very humbled by the fact that you wanted me to be your guest. So thank you for that. You can find me on Instagram at Market Candle Company. My website is marketcandlecompany.com. Have any questions, you can always just shoot me an answer. I am located in Newmarket. I don't have a retail space at this time, but I do offer local pickups. So whenever you do come to pick up your online order, 
I will probably come out and say hi and we could have a chat. Love that. Okay, you you heard it here, everybody. That's where you can find Shabby. And I just want to say thank you for being my last guest of the podcast. Now this will be all wrapped up and I will be sending it off to somebody else and hopefully they will love it as much as I do. So as my position is now changing for the student society. So thank you to everybody who is listening to the podcast. It's been a great run and I hope that I get to see everyone soon. And Shabby, I hope that we get to connect sometime in the future as well. Thank you so much. Honestly, this this episode has meant a lot to me. So I'm really excited that it was you and that we kind of got to have just this kind of conversation. Take care, everyone. Bye.